Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture. With me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello and welcome back to the Level Up English podcast with me, Michael. I have been very busy this week.、Uh, the last couple of weeks, in fact, I've been working flat out. Here's a good phrase to start the episode today. If you're working flat out, it means you're working kind of non stop with no breaks.、And、it's a little bit of an exaggeration, perhaps, but I have been working very hard. I've been working flat out on my website. So I'm a little bit nervous because I'm not a you know, website designer. I'm not that、uh, good when it comes to making websites, I guess. But I've kind of updated my Level Up English website. And perhaps if you are a professional websiter, that's not a word, is it? Professional website designer, web designer, then. You might see lots of things wrong, but hopefully the website is looking better. And I did just want to mention that because on the website is where you will find lots of free content related to the podcasts. So every podcast I record, you can see the show notes there with some free content. And the main thing I want to mention right before we get into the topic today is if you go down to the very bottom of the page, You'll see a little banner that says, Want free lessons? So, this is where you can sign up to our email community and you will get five free lessons from Level Up English when you sign up. And in addition to that, you'll also get free kind of motivational mini lessons sent to your email every two weeks, once every two weeks. So, it's not enough to Get you know, annoying, hopefully. But yeah, if you want to join that and hear more from me and what we're doing at Level Up English, you can sign up on the homepage there. There's also a link in the podcast app on your phone if that's where you're listening. But yeah, I think that could be a good place because I've been very busy there. So you can hear what I've been up to over there. And regarding what we're up to today is a big phrasal verb episode. So, in this episode, I'm going to be talking about travel experiences because I love travel. It's something that I could talk a long time about. And I'm going to be talking about how travel has impacted my life while using as many phrasal verbs that contain the verb turn, T U R N, as many as I can while I'm talking about travel. So, the idea, as usual, is to make something educational and beneficial to you, but also interesting. I don't just want to list off some phrasal verbs, that would be a bit boring. So, I'll try to make it a little bit more anecdotal, which is kind of like a personal experience story, anecdotal, and yeah, share something interesting, hopefully. And I'll do my best to explain the meanings of these words while I'm talking. And then perhaps do a quick review at the end as well. I should say before we start that when it comes to learning phrasal verbs, I don't necessarily recommend learning them this way, kind of memorizing a list of similar phrasal verbs. 
Uh, I don't think it's the best way uh, exactly. So, you know, for example, today we've got many, many phrasal verbs that begin with turn, right? And if you just learn all of them from a list, for most people, I would say that could be quite confusing, especially if you don't know any of them, right? It's, it's not the best way to learn. And you know, one reason is just that there are so many phrasal verbs with different meanings, uh, some that are exactly the same with a different meaning, and some of them are not so common. It's important to understand the context of when we're using it. However, with that in mind, I'm still going to try to make this episode useful. The main reason I'm doing it is because this was a suggestion from a listener and also a member of Level Up English. So, hello. And I thought I'd give it a go. See how it goes. I'm very receptive to your requests. It means very open. So if you have a suggestion for me, let me know by email or whatever else, and I will try my best to do it in the future. This request was initially, in the beginning, it was about turn and pull, like turn up, pull up. But I think that would be way too many uh, terms for one episode. So I shortened it down to just turn, and it's still quite a lot. So if you do like this episode, please let me know. That will help me keep going. And if you're not a fan, also let me know in a very nice way so you don't hurt my feelings. And that could also be useful as well. But my hope is that this episode will be a good review for some words that you may already kind of know. Like you may know some of these already. That's great if you do. And hopefully you can learn one or two new words as well. I think it will be useful to hear them in the context of my story too. If all of these words are new for you, that might be a little bit too challenging. So don't feel like you have to study all of them and write them down. You can just listen to this casually, try to enjoy, and yeah, don't worry too much. Uh, because if you're anything like me, maybe a bit of a perfectionist, you might want to kind of study everything 100%. It might not be the best way to do it today. Oh, and I also forgot, I'm also going to be challenging myself today because I haven't prepared any story. I want to keep this casual. I want to keep it uh, interesting. So I'm going to make something up on the fly. If you do something on the fly, that means without preparation. So I'm going to be trying to think of some stories uh, while I'm talking. And I don't know if that makes it more interesting, but hopefully it does, because I'm not just reading from a script. You know, that can be a bit boring. So without any further ado, let's get into this episode and talk about some turn phrasal verbs. The first one is turn on. Since it's the first one, I'm going to explain a little bit about this. So if you have no idea what I'm talking about, a phrasal verb is a verb and a preposition. Turn on is a good example. There are different types of phrasal verbs. Some of them are literal, which means you can kind of guess the meaning based on how it sounds. So turn on can mean to activate a machine, for example. That's a literal phrasal verb because you're literally turning something on, right? That's kind of, you can imagine what that means. But other phrasal verbs have a more idiomatic meaning, where 
the words used in the phrasal verb have really no connection to the meaning and you have to just memorize what it means. And I'll see if I can think about uh, an example for that one later when we come to it. So since we're talking about travel, I think a good starting point would be the origins of my interest in travel. And this first one's going to be tricky. So I want to say, I think what turned me on to travel in the beginning was going to France uh, many times as a child. So I said turned on, right? Another meaning of turned on is to excite or cause interest in someone. I should say that you should be really careful with this one because it's usually a sexual feeling. So be very careful. If something turns you on, it's probably related to a sexual thing. So be very careful with that one. But it can sometimes, in maybe less common cases, be used in just an interest like I used just now. So I was turned on to travel. It kind of turned the switch on in my brain. Like, ooh, interesting. I was turned on to travel when I was a child because we lived on the south coast. I grew up on the south coast of England and it was very close to a ferry port. So because of that, there seemed to be a a period in my childhood where I would go to France every year because honestly, as far as I remember, taking the ferry across the English Channel to France was cheaper than going most places within my own country. I think it was maybe like, could be like £40 on the ferry to go to France, just a, a random guess. And perhaps if you want to go to London, it might be, you know, £70 or something. It's going to be a bit more. So seeing uh, a new country so close to my own was quite exciting at that at that young age. So I, yeah, I have a lot of good memories going to France as a child. However, one thing I think my parents probably were a little bit annoyed by is that I would never turn off my electronic devices. So I'm not so old, but I'm still old enough to not have had a phone when I was a child. So I was traveling with kind of portable gaming devices. Like one that I remember when I was a young teenager was the Nintendo DS. Did any of you have a Nintendo DS? I played it for a little while. I remember I had a few games on there. I don't remember all of them. One of them, for example, was the old Animal Crossing game I used to play on my DS. And I would play that a lot. And I suppose it was nice. It kept me quiet. It passed the time. But, you know, perhaps it would have been nicer to explore the country more rather than spending all that time on my on my games. So, yeah, I would refuse to turn off my Nintendo DS. Turn off means to shut down, deactivate or stop, uh, usually an electronic device. Maybe I can jump ahead a few years, many years actually, and talk about the first time I travelled solo. So travelling alone is also called travelling solo, solo travel. I think it's something that everyone should do at least once in their life, even if you feel like you wouldn't enjoy it. I think even learning that you don't like something is still a valuable lesson, right? And I think the chances are you will learn something important about yourself from that trip. Because if you're always with other people, you never really have time to learn 
about yourself, which might sound like a bit of a strange thing to say, but I really believe if you spend some considerable length of time alone, it's surprising how much you learn about your own likes and dislikes. Like, why didn't I know that before? That was the case for me anyway. I always had this desire to travel alone. Uh, And when I did my first solo trip, it was when I was 21. My very first country was Japan. So it seems like way too crazy to travel all the way across the world for the first country. I guess I didn't really plan it as well as I should have. Maybe I should have started with France, you know. But anyway, in when I was 21, I turned up to Japan. I had a long flight. I turned up at the airport and I felt quite tired and jet lagged, right? Turn up, by the way, means to arrive. So I turned up at the airport. I arrived there and I had never experienced such jet lag before. I was so tired and the stress and something else, maybe I caught something on the plane, led me to getting sick. So I spent the first few days in Japan feeling quite sick and really fatigued. That means very low energy and it wasn't good. And in fact, that was the first time in my life I had ever lost weight. You know, I'd never lost weight before that point. I think I lost five kilograms uh, in that trip. And mostly that was because of that first few, I think five days or so where I kind of just had to sleep and I was just too fatigued and too tired to think about getting food. You know, it's quite scary as well to get food in a whole new country. So that was that was a challenging one. However, I did manage to turn things around. So I turned the trip around. I definitely had a lot of low points in that trip, which I have spoken about a long time ago on the podcast before. But I was able to turn it around. And that means improve something, turn a bad thing into a good thing. Okay, so I turned the trip around and I got better and I did my best to leave my comfort zone and try as many new things as I could. I did lots of hiking. I explored different towns and cities in Japan. And honestly, thinking back on that time, I'm quite impressed that I managed all of this without really having any plan. I traveled quite far over uh, Honshu, right, the main island of Japan, and I didn't really have any accommodation booked. So it's definitely more kind of casual than I would do it today. I'd I'd like to be a bit more prepared uh, now that I'm a bit older. So yeah, I turned it around. I made it better. And even to this day, I would never turn down a trip to Japan or really a trip anywhere. I wouldn't turn down many trips. Uh, Turn down means to reject, by the way, to say no to something. If a pretty or handsome uh, person is saying, will you be my partner? Will you be my boyfriend or girlfriend? You can turn them down and go, no way. I don't want to be your partner. (laughs) Turn down someone. So yeah, I would never turn down a chance to travel. In fact, when this episode comes out, I will be in Japan, which is why I'm recording a bit early. So I'm really excited for that. So wish me luck. Hopefully it's going well. I would never turn down a trip to Japan. Might be a bit cold though. I'm kind of concerned about the cold. Let's see how that goes. 
So maybe a really quick summary to avoid repeating myself is that one month I spent in Japan was challenging. It was tumultuous, which means kind of like a storm. You're going up and down, lots of bad times and good times. And it's, it's quite a diff- it was quite a difficult time in many ways. You know, I'd never spent that much time alone, kind of disconnected from my f- friends and family and life back in England. It's a big change for me. So that was challenging. Uh, but I was determined to try again. You know, I didn't want to give up. I knew that I liked travel and I wanted to kind of learn from my mistakes and make it better in the future. So a few years later, uh, how many years was it? I don't remember actually, but a couple years later, I returned to Japan and I was again determined to do it better. In fact, I was going for even longer. So this time I planned to go for uh, six weeks rather than four weeks. And kind of conversely, the opposite to what you might expect, I stayed in only two places, uh, Osaka and Kyoto, I believe. Maybe maybe three places. So I did a lot less moving around compared to the first trip. And this one turned out much, much better. So to turn out means to result in a certain way, to produce a result. So if you plan a project, you plan to do something, you can talk about the result. Was it good or was it bad? And then you can say, it turned out really well or it turned out quite poorly, right? So you're talking about uh, the results of your efforts, I suppose. So the second trip turned out really well. I had a fantastic time. I really challenged myself to leave my comfort zone. And one of the big lessons that I learned from that trip was that it's always a good idea to turn to other people when you feel low. So the first trip, the big mistake that I made was I spent most of that month in solitude. That means most of that month isolated and alone. I didn't really connect with other people so much. And no matter how much of an introvert you are, I think we can agree that some social connection is important to be happy and to feel uh, content, especially when it comes to traveling. Traveling can be quite lonely sometimes. So on this second trip, I made an effort to speak to as many people as I could. I met people on language exchange apps. I did so many adventures. I met lots of good friends. I kind of went cycling with people. I did lots of things that I really enjoyed. So that turned out really well. Uh, I said before, if you turn to people, turn to someone, it's kind of like you find someone to ask for help or you consult with someone. If you have a problem in your life, you might need to turn to someone for help. So turn to someone. Okay. It's important to turn to people when you feel low. You don't have to do things alone. Really, really good lesson for for life, isn't it? So let me think of a specific story on that trip. I suppose I could tell you about one uh, volunteering experience I did. So I did two volunteering uh, sessions, let's say, in Japan. The first was just north of Kyoto in the mountains, in the forests. 
I volunteered on a farm for three weeks, two weeks. I don't quite remember, two or three weeks. And I was staying with a monk who, uh, yeah, was very nice. A nice Japanese monk there, quite a young guy who spent some time in America. So he had good English, which honestly was a bit annoying because I wanted to uh, try to practice my Japanese more. But I did do some practice. So I turned up to that farm. Well, I, actually, I didn't. I turned up to a random spot in the countryside. So it was a bit sketchy. When I say sketchy, I mean it seemed a bit dangerous and unsafe, a bit sketchy, a bit suspicious. So I got to Kyoto Station, the main train station, very busy, and I found a payphone. I've never used a payphone in my life. I'm not that old, like I said. I've never used a public payphone, <laughs> never in England. My first ever time was in Japan. So I put some money in, pressed the number, I called up uh, my contact, right? And I, I basically said, I'm at the station now. How do I meet you? And this voice on the phone just said, take this bus from the station and go to the very last stop on the bus. Like, okay bit scary. I've never taken a bus in Japan before, but I, I tried it. I tried it out. So I got on the bus. I found the bus successfully and I rode it for, I guess it was like 45 minutes north into the mountains. At this point, it was a little bit late to turn back. It was getting dark and I was thinking, oh, what am I going to do if something, what if he doesn't meet me? What if something goes wrong? It was quite scary. You know, I had I was totally trusting this guy that it would be okay. So yeah, it was too late to turn back. Turn back means to return, to go back to where you were before. So I could not turn back at this point. And I was wondering, what if this turns into like a, a horror movie where I get abducted and, and taken away? But nah, that would never happen, right? J Japanese people are too nice. I, I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> So there's one more to turn into means to transform or change into something. So in this case, my very normal bus ride, would it turn into, change into a scary horror movie scenario? I'll give you a clue. It didn't, but <laughs> turn into we have there. So as I was riding the bus, more and more people were getting off. And I think people were starting to look at me like, I got, I got the feeling that people were like, where's this foreigner going? Why is he going to this random, you know, countryside, middle of nowhere spot? And eventually I was the very last person on the bus and the bus driver did not question me. Maybe he thought something like, why is he here? But he, he just didn't say anything. I got off the bus. I said, thank you. I looked around and there was a couple kind of farmhouses, but for the most part, there was nothing around me, just some fields, some houses and no people, not many cars either. And at this point, it was almost dark. It was pretty dark. And I just thought, what do I do now? <laughs> I suppose the, the benefit of this situation is as a foreigner in rural Japan, you really stand out. You know, I'm not hard to miss. So after a few minutes, a small kind of boxy Japanese pickup truck came by and it was my host. It was the guy that was I was staying with and he was very friendly and he was surprised that I only had one bag 
and we had a nice chat about that. And it turned out to be okay. Let's turn out again. It turned out to be just fine. So he gave me a, a, a lift to his farm. It wasn't too far away, a few minutes. And he kind of showed me around. It was a really nice, cozy place uh, at the foot of a mountain or the foot of a hill, I suppose. And yeah, it's quite nice. A quite surreal experience to be there. So I forget exactly what I did that night, but I probably had a shower. The shower was very interesting because there wasn't any hot water on his property. So in order to have a shower, we had to heat up the water in a tank with a fire. So you had to go a few hours before to heat up the water tank and then turn on the tap a few hours later and hopefully you'd have hot water. And yeah, it, it worked quite well. It was quite a nice thing to make a fire, then have a shower. I kind of liked that routine. But a very interesting way of, of bathing and washing. So I had my shower in the kind of uh, outdoor uh, cubicle and I turned in after that. Very tired. If you turn in, it can mean to go to bed. I'm going to turn in. I'm going to go to bed. Nice simple meaning. It can also mean to submit as well, like turn in your paper, submit your exam paper. But in this case, it means go to bed. So I turned in and went to sleep. During my time on the farm there, we did quite a few things, uh, including growing vegetables, uh, packing salad leaves. We, we grew salad to sell at the local farm shop, which was nice. And I would do things like, I think it was autumn when I went there. So there's beautiful uh, orange leaves on the trees. And I would, I would have to turn over the soil, right? So uh, this was, you might use a, a tool like a hoe or something like that. H-O-E as a, as a gardening tool. And you have to turn over the soil to prepare the soil for planting. So turn over, that kind of means to rotate, turn over. If you cannot sleep, maybe you're turning over in bed, trying to sleep. I was turning over the soil, preparing it for, for plants in the spring and seeds. And yeah, it was a nice experience. It was hard work, but I really enjoyed it. And I was always encouraged not to work too hard. He just said, you know, enjoy it, take your time. Don't feel like you have to work too hard. It was a great experience. And the food was amazing as well. The food was so good. So this monk where I was uh, staying, you know, who I was staying with, he used to be the chef, the cook at the monastery where he, where he used to live as a monk. Uh, so as a result of that, his cooking was amazing. He made such amazing kind of Japanese, authentic Japanese food. It's really, really nice. Uh, some of the best food I've ever had, honestly. And I think it tastes so much better after you've had a hard day of working uh, in the sun, in the cold weather, but also the sun. And I suppose one culture shock or one cultural thing that I noted from that experience was how important it is in Japan to finish all your food. I think in England, it's if, if you leave a little bit of food at the end, it's not a big deal. But in Japan, from what I gathered, it's really important that you clear your plate as a sign of respect. If you're from Japan, you can let me know how important that is, whether you do that or not. 
Um, but as a foreigner, I was using chopsticks, right? And I, I'm not terrible at using them, but it's not something that I've been using my whole life. So eating rice with chopsticks is quite challenging. So I would do my best. I would leave maybe, let's say like 30 pieces or maybe even like 20 grains of rice at the bottom of my bowl. It's really not much. If you spread it out, it doesn't look like that much. But I would kind of turn away and kind of indicate that I was finished. And he would say to me, ah, you have to finish your rice. It's very polite here. You have to finish everything. It's very important in our culture. And I was like, okay, so I would spend like 20 minutes trying to pick up every piece of rice. And I think I got pretty good at using chopsticks after that experience. I also use the phrasal verb to turn away. Turn away can mean to kind of reject someone. Like if they come up to you and ask you a question, you kind of turn them away. Like, no, I don't want to help. They're literally turning away and going the opposite way. But yeah, literally it can just mean to kind of moving your body away. So to turn away is to turn your body away from this direction to move your body to a different position. So turning away. I suppose it's a little bit like turning over, but maybe turning over is this way, kind of a uh, horizontal movement. Turning away is more uh, vertically moving your body, maybe when you're standing up. So there's a little bit of a difference there. So yeah, that was an interesting one. But I think I will leave my story there for now. How do you think I did? I did my best to make it interesting and talk about some travel things that came to mind. But I think that travel experience is one that sticks out in my head. It's one that is clear in my head. So I think that was a good one to talk about. I hope you're not fed up with me. If you are fed up with me, feel free to turn down the volume. <laughs> There's my last one today. I mentioned turn down before, which means to reject someone or something. But also this one can mean to decrease the sound. So if if I'm too quiet, turn up the volume. If I'm too loud, turn down the volume. Okay, I think I mentioned about 13 altogether. Whew, that was a challenge. How How many did you catch? Let me see if I can do a quick review here. We've got 13. Turn on can mean to activate or start, but it can also mean to be, be interested in something. Turn on to, we normally say, to develop an interest in something. Turn off means to deactivate or stop. Turn up means to arrive somewhere. Turn down means to reject something. Turn around means to change direction or to improve a situation. Turn out talks about the result of your work, how something uh, is produced. Turn to is to consult a person. Turn back is to go back in the direction you went to reverse or return. Turn into is to change or transform into something else. Turn in is to go to bed. Turn over is to rotate. Turn away is to reject or move in a different direction. And turn down is also decreasing the volume. That was a lot. 
My hope, again, is that a lot of these you already knew, or maybe you kind of half knew them, but you weren't super clear. But hopefully hearing them in context solidified that in your mind. If you do want to practice on your own, you're welcome to leave a comment. I love reading your comments. You can find the comment section today on the show notes page at levelupenglish.school slash podcast 261. Or if you're watching on YouTube, hello, you can just leave a comment down below. That's easy, isn't it? So yeah, thank you for listening up until this point. That was a challenge. (laughs) I've got an interesting quote today. And also I want to share two things from the audience before we get to that. So one is a review from New Zealand. I've never seen a review from New Zealand before. So thank you for making me rank higher in New Zealand. This is from Camilla15420, who says, I always listen to your audio on Spotify when I'm working. It's incredible because I can understand you. Your pronunciation is very clear. I like your British accent and the information that you provide. Thank you very much. Fantastic. Really appreciate that, Camilla. I love that review. Uh, I also wanted to share a message I got on Instagram. So Instagram is my most active social platform. I probably check it like once a day, once every two days. I'm not super active, but I do go there uh, regularly. And I got a message from someone recently. I just want to, I keep them private because I didn't tell them that I was going to say this on the podcast, but they said, I'm so happy that I can tell you I scored six in my IELTS exam and seven in speaking. I was listening to your podcast every single day for three hours. It's a few episodes a day. It was very helpful and I learned a lot from you. So thank you very much for your great effort. I wish you all the best. And now this person is going to study for their master's degree thanks to their high IELTS score. And I just got back to them. I sent them a message and I said, well, it I really can't take any credit for that. You know, you did the hard work, but I do really appreciate anyone who says the podcast helped in some way. That's always amazing to hear. Um, if nothing else, I hope it motivates you and you know, gets, you, gets you ready to, to study English. But yeah, I love to hear those success stories. Well done for this person on uh, passing the IELTS exam, getting the score you needed. And yeah, well done and good luck to all the others of you out there who are studying for any exam. I tried my best to find a turn phrasal verb quote today. So this one is super appropriate because we've got travel and we've got turn in one quote. I don't know who said it, but the quote is this. No matter how long you've travelled in the wrong direction, you can always turn around. Nice reminder, I think. There's something called the... What's it called? When you spend a lot of time on something, you don't want to stop because you've invested too much time. I forgot the name. That's what it's called. The sunk cost fallacy. The sunk cost fallacy. So the sunk cost fallacy is when you put so much time into maybe a job, a career, a language you're learning... And because of that time, you are reluctant. You don't want to give up. But it's never too late. You know, If you've gone down the wrong direction in life, 
it's always possible to take a step back and go down a different direction. So that's why I always have a, a deep respect for anyone who goes back to university at an older age. It's never too late to turn around. Okay, well, thank you so much for listening. Hope it was enjoyable. Let me know what you think. I'll see you in the next one. Goodbye. You have been listening to the Level Up English podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.school forward slash podcast. That's levelupenglish.school slash podcast. And I'll answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening.